for today, for this gift of breath and life, we give you thanks for this church, this community gathered here to worship. We give you thanks for your creation, the changing seasons, falling leaves. We give you thanks. For your mercy, for your forgiveness, for your love, we give you thanks. In our weakness, we thank you. For your power is made evident. In our failures, we thank you. For your grace is sufficient. Even in the trials, through the struggles and pain, as you form us into who you want us to be, turning our mess into your message. Today and every day, we give you thanks. Well, Thanksgiving continues, right? Should never stop our gratefulness to the Lord. I want to just pray. I just learned a few minutes ago that uh, Bob's mom, Mary, has been in the hospital last day or two and want to remember her. Uh, we've got several uh, people in our church family that are sick uh, with colds and flus and all that fun stuff. So keep away from me if you're sick, right? Uh, I don't want that stuff. So let's just pray and ask God's blessing on our time together. Lord, what a privilege it is for us to gather and give thanks. What a privilege it is to give thanks, most of all, for our Savior Jesus, His death on the cross, His payment for sin. We're grateful this morning uh, for our kids. It's, it's just a, a wonderful thing to see them learning and growing and uh, learning the books of the Bible. And I just pray that you would uh, bring home and cement in their hearts and minds the truths of, of that which they're studying. Lord, there's many of our number who are sick, uh, struggling with colds and flus, and I want to remember especially to pray for Mary. Pray that you'd just give her strength to recover and uh, return home. Pray for Bob, as no doubt he'll be caring for her as well uh, in her time of recovery. And so we just want to commit them uh, to you this morning in a, in a very special way. Thank you for your presence with us here in this very place. And we invite that your Holy Spirit would come, that it would be his voice that we hear in the time that we share together. And we give you thanks together in the mighty name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So you know if you've been sicking around long enough that I love uh, children's storybooks. And uh, one of my favorites that I've always enjoyed reading for my, my kids and my grandkids is called Sam's All Wrong Day. And uh, Sam gets up in the morning, gets out of bed, he steps on his dog's tail, he goes to brush his teeth and toothpaste squirts out all over his pajamas. 
He goes to make breakfast and he drops an egg. He goes on a picnic with his friends. He stubs his toe, skins his knee, sits on his sandwich. It's, it's a disastrous day. Uh, fortunately, as all good kids' storybooks, uh, it all ends with, uh, you know, it lived happily ever after kind of a story. Have you ever had one of those days? Yeah, most of us, have you ever had one of those days all week long? Uh, sometimes, sometimes that happens too. And unfortunately for us, it's a little more serious than toothpaste on our clothing or sitting on a sandwich, right? Uh, into our lives come lots of challenges and struggles and obstacles. And uh, sometimes it's uh, illness. Uh, sometimes it's another family member. Uh, sometimes it's a car accident. Anyone ever been hit by an uninsured motorist except me? You know, how come the people that hit me are always uninsured? What's the, what's the deal with that? But we experience these kinds of things in life. And typically, we respond in one of four ways. Uh, the most common way that I find people respond is grumbling and complaining. Any fellow grumblers and complainers here this morning? Uh, We find ourselves a lot like the children of Israel in the wilderness. Murmuring, grumbling, complaining. Uh, Some people respond to some of the the crises and challenges of life uh, differently. Their response is, why? Why me? And Job kind of fits into that mold as you read through the book of Job and his response of uh, what God's doing in his life. And then there's those people that just kind of respond with kind of a quiet, passive acceptance. Case, sirrah, sirrah. Um, into every life, a little rain must fall. Just kind of go with the flow. It's not that big a deal. What does God call you and me to do to respond to the challenges and struggles of life? Praise the Lord. And so this morning, I want you to come with me to Psalm 145. As, as God challenges us, as His people, that our lives would be permeated with thanks and praise and that we would radiate uh, thanks and praise to others around us. And so the 145th Psalm, if you're reading through the book of Psalms with me this year, this is the Psalm you're going to read on Tuesday, I think, 29th, yeah. Um, and so this, this Psalm has long been one of my favorites. There's a, a verse in here that I've always loved to quote. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. And so I want you to read with me the 145th Psalm, and David's going to put it up here for us so you can see it. And uh, we're going to posit all the punctuation marks, right? Commas, periods, semicolons, all that stuff. So I want you to read with me. Let's do this together. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts, and I will tell of your greatness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness, and I will shout joyfully of your righteousness. Are you all reading with me? Okay, next slide, David. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and His mercies are over all His works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. 
They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. To make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are about death. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. The Lord keeps all who love him. But all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. If your Bible's like mine at the top of the 145th Psalm, it says a psalm of praise. Guess how many times out of the 150 psalms you find that title, a psalm of praise? One time. <laughs> this is it. And I thought, that's, that's kind of odd, don't you think? Because the whole book of Psalms is about what? Praising the Lord. And so this is a psalm of David where he's focused on praising the Lord. And I believe God wants to use this psalm this morning to remind us that we as followers of King Jesus, our lives are to be permeated with thanks and praise. And we're to radiate thanks and praise to others around us. So I want you to notice, first of all, in this psalm, what I want to call... His commitment to praising the Lord. David expresses in this psalm, in the most strong and powerful ways, his commitment to be a man of praise. And so he begins with a statement of his commitment. And five times in this psalm, you'll find the words, I will, I will, I will. The last verse, he says, my mouth will. David is strongly committed to praising the Lord. He states it five times, I will. And as I read that and I look at that, I ask the Lord, so is that a commitment of my life? Is that a commitment of my heart? That regardless the circumstances of life, I'm committed to praising the Lord. That was David's heart. And so he states that commitment, and then he expresses the duration of his commitment. How long will he praise the Lord? Three times he says, forever and ever. Not only the duration of forever, but the third thing I notice is the frequency of his commitment. How often is he going to praise the Lord? He says in verse 2 he's going to praise the Lord every day. (laughs) I said, wow, that's a pretty powerful commitment. Is that the commitment of my heart, my life? To praise the Lord forever and ever, every day. And then... He talks about the, what I want to call the nature of his commitment. How is he going to praise the Lord? And I think I put in your notes all of these words that, that David uses to describe different ways that he praises the Lord. Uh, the word extol means to exalt, to lift up on high. The word bless is the idea of to kneel down, an expression of humility, of, of worship. Uh, I love the word praise because in the middle it says to boast, to be clamorously foolish. What does that word clamorously foolish suggest to you? He's just crazy with praise. Praising, 
praising the Lord. Uh, the next slide uses a few more words that Dave, David uses. He says, I'm going to declare your praise, to stand opposite and announce loudly, to meditate, to think about what God has done and what God has accomplished. He says, I'm going to tell of your, your greatness. I'm going to tell of your mighty acts. And that word has the idea of keeping score. You're keeping a tally, keeping a score of what God has done and what he's accomplished to give him praise. The next one, David. Um, he says, I'm going to eagerly utter uh, to gush forth like a rushing river. He says, I'm going to shout joyfully. Is it okay to shout our praise to the Lord? You know, that amen was a little weak, but, uh, you know, uh, Maggie's tried a couple times to get us to shout, and we're seeming a little reluctant to do that. It's okay to shout our praise. Uh, David says, I shout joyfully. Uh, a shrill shriek of joy is what David is describing. And then to simply speak, uh, to share an arranged or prepared thought of, of celebration. David is committed to praising the Lord. Is that the commitment of your life? Is that the commitment of my life? Forever and ever, every day, in all these different ways, I'm going to ex exalt and extol and declare the praise of the Lord. I read some time ago a book called The Hallelujah Factor. And I don't remember much in the book. I was preaching a series on worship at the time, and the title of the book caught my eye. But there's one story in the book that I'll never forget. The author of the book tells the story of a man who had been a lifelong atheist who had come to faith, had come to know Jesus as his Savior, and his life was miraculously transformed. And this lifelong atheist told the author of the book how he had lived his life as an atheist. And one of his greatest joys was gathering together with his atheist friends and denouncing God. Shouting, blaspheming, insults at God. And they would do this for hours at the top of their lungs. And I thought, you know, that's just they don't believe in God, but they all gathered together to shout insults at him, right? That, does that make any sense? But I thought, what a contrast to how passive we are. As I read this story and understood the, the energy that they put into blaspheming and insulting God and how casual we are at times in our praise and celebration. We should find our times either privately in worship or corporately in worship. It's times of, of great praise and celebration. Is it the commitment of your life, commitment of my life, to praise the Lord forever and ever, every day? By the way, guess what we're going to be doing in heaven? Praising the Lord. We might as well. This is like a dress rehearsal, right, Maggie? This is dress rehearsal when we gather together. And when we get into heaven, if you thought it was a little challenging last Sunday with two languages, wait till we get to heaven, right, Oscar? We're going to get to heaven and there's going to be thousands of languages. And it's going to be just an awesome, awesome experience to praise the Lord. So David goes on now as I think about this psalm and what it speaks into my life. Not only his commitment to praise the Lord, but I notice the content of his praise. Our praise and our thanks to the Lord needs to be filled 
with content. It's not enough to say, praise the Lord. I mean, that's good, right? But we should be, praise the Lord for, I thank the Lord because. And so there's three things in this psalm that speak to me as I think about what should be the content of my praise. What should my praise and my thanks to the Lord focus on? And so there's three ideas that flow through this psalm that speak to me. I'm to praise God and thank Him for His words. I'm to thank God and praise Him for His works. So I praise Him for what He says and I praise Him for what He does, His words and His works. And then I praise Him for His worth, who He is, His character, His attributes, His qualities. And so I want you to see this in in the psalm because in in verse 5, there's an interesting translation in verse 5 where he says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. And the word translated in, in my Bible with the word works actually has as its root word the word word. And the idea of how this Hebrew word developed was as the God's Word was put into motion, God's Word did what? It created action, deeds. And so the translators translate the Word with the word works, but at its very root is the word Word. We're to praise God for His words, for this book that He's entrusted to us. And in fact, the Scriptures say that God has exalted His Word above His name. God's name, His character, His reputation. He's exalted His Word. And the psalmist says, praise God for His Word. Do you have portions of Scripture that you're drawn to that you remind God of? Do you have portions of Scripture that you value more than others? Do you have portions of Scripture that you would say this morning, I praise God for... I thank God for, give me a passage, quote a verse, read a verse to me. I thank God for, I praise God for, creation, creation, where's that verse found? Genesis, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Give me another verse you're thankful for this morning. John 3.16, I I was waiting for someone to shout that one. What's that one say, Steve? Yeah, we should be grateful for that verse, right? I thank God for John 3.16. How about another verse you're thankful for? The Lord is my shepherd. Where's that found? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yeah. I'm thankful for God. Another verse? There's a whole book of them. (laughs) Lord bless you and keep you. You know, I'm grateful that the Apostle John gave us the promise in 1 John 5. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not know the Son of God does not have life. These are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Is there a promise that you love to claim? A promise you're thankful for in the Scriptures? 
There's a bunch of them. Jeremiah 29, 11. What's that say, Steve? For I know the plans that I have for you, declared the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Give you a future and a hope. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why not? You are with me. There's a promise that's repeated over and over. And so, when I think of praising the Lord and thanking the Lord, and I think of content, there are so many promises in Scripture that I can claim and I can express thanks to God for. And I encourage you, as you think about gratitude and thankfulness, think about God's promises and God's Word. I find so often when we get around a table at Thanksgiving, for example, and people share what they're thankful for, uh, we're thankful for family, we're thankful for friends, we're thankful. We've got a list, and hopefully somewhere on that list is we're thankful for the Lord and for salvation and eternal life. But there are so many promises in the Scriptures. I'm thankful for God's Word. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but My words will never pass away. And so I've, I've grown to value that uh, more and more. Uh, that passage, probably more than any other, was instrumental in a major course change in my life at the age of 13. At the age of 13, all those years going up to that age, my plan and ambition was to be a forest ranger and live in Yosemite. That was my dream. And at the age of 13, and that verse in my life, I changed direction and made a commitment to be a pastor. And so we ought to give thanks to the Lord for His Word. Secondly, the content of David's psalm here is he gives thanks for God's work. His words and now His work. And if you notice in this psalm, the word works and acts and deeds is repeated over and over and over again. As David is expressing his thanks and his praise and his gratitude to the Lord. He's expressing this in in verse 4. He says, One generation shall praise your works to another. Um, It says, and shall declare your mighty acts. Uh, Verse 6, your awesome acts. And this this theme flows and grows through this psalm. David is giving thanks to the Lord for all that he's done in his life. His mighty acts, his awesome acts. Uh, One of the the phrases, if you have the old King James translation, it, it says his terrible acts. And the idea of that word terrible is to be mighty, to be powerful. The acts of God that He's done. Has has God done anything in your life this last year to be thankful for? Has, Has there been anything in your life this last year where God has answered prayer? Has there been anything that God has done in your life this last year that caught you by surprise? That you weren't expecting? Someone got a story to tell me? Answered prayer, something God did this year? What's God been up to? Has He been busy answering prayer? David's psalm is filled with praise for God's acts, 
His answers to prayer. I wonder sometimes in my life, as I think about God's acts, I wonder sometimes if there's things God does for me in my life that I don't recognize, don't realize, don't know. I especially think of this because every time I get on my bicycle to go for a bike ride, I'm praying. I pray with my wife before I leave. I pray with my friends when we ride together. I'm asking God for safety and protection. Anyone ever prayed a prayer like that in your life? Anyone ever prayed for God's safety and protection? Well, you get home from your bike ride or you get home from your two-week vacation trip and you've traveled, you know, 4,000 miles in your car and you haven't had any accidents, any problems, everything's gone well. And we get home and we just kind of take it for granted. You know, when I, when I stop and think about putting my 190-pound body on top of my 16-pound bicycle in competition with 4,000-pound cars on the streets of Southern California, and I do that for 150 to 200 miles a week, you know, the fact that I'm still standing here and breathing is a miracle, right? It really... But we kind of take for granted what God does. And King David says, I'm grateful. I praise the Lord for His mighty acts, His wonderful deeds. So David gives thanks and praise to the Lord for his words, for his works, and then for his worth. And if you look at Psalm 145, the, the list of the attributes of God that David lists and enumerates in here is, is <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, David expresses thanks, expresses praise to God. For qualities like his loving kindness, uh, in verse 8 he says, The Lord is gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, his loving kindness, he's good. Uh, in verse 9, his mercies are over all his works. Uh, he just goes on and on and on. And I'm reminded in my life of worship, in my life of praise, that there needs to be part of me that's consistently expressing praise and thanks to the Lord for who He is. Qualities that He demonstrates. And for me, one of the, the qualities of God that I value the most, at least it seems I find myself thanking and praising the Lord for more often than any other, is God's faithfulness. Has God been faithful to you in 2022? has been to me. I haven't missed too many meals, I think, in 2022, right? Pray tell that. Has God been good to you in 2022? Has God been merciful, gracious? Have you experienced God's loving kindness? And so our praise and thanks and worship should be that which expresses praise and thanks and appreciation for what God says, for what He does, and for who He is. His words, His works, and His worth. And I fear too often in my life, and perhaps in yours as well, we take for granted often what God has done for us. It's just kind of the normal routine, right? God's done what He's always done. I read the story... I read this story a little while ago. 
two old friends bump into each other on the street. And, and the one guy looks very sad and forlorn and down. And the other man is asking his old friend, so, so how are you doing? What has the world done to you? You know, you just seem so, so sad. And he says, well, he said, three weeks ago, my uncle passed away and he left me $40,000. Wow, that's, that's a lot of money, his friend said. And the, the sad man went on and says, yeah, but two weeks ago, a cousin I had never met, he passed away and left me a half a million dollars. Wow. You're rolling in the... Wow, that's awesome. He said, no, you don't understand. He said... A week ago, my great aunt passed away and she left me $75,000. And he says, well, that's, that's amazing. Wow. He says, you don't get it. He said, this week, nothing. And I wonder sometimes if we're a little bit like that. Three weeks ago, God did this. Two weeks ago, or you know, two years ago, you know, whatever the time frame is, and uh, it's kind of a "What have you done for me lately?" kind of a deal. And so God calls you and me to be men and women whose lives are permeated with thanks and praise, and that we radiate thanks and praise to others around us. It ought to be true as we gather here corporately together that we're reminding each other, that we're grateful to the Lord for this. We praise the Lord for that. We ought to be exuberant in our praise, right? And then as we have opportunity in the world in which we live, in the workplace or the neighborhood or the school, wherever we are, to, to find opportunity to give praise to the Lord. I have found it fascinating, as people have dialogued with me about my trip to Africa and the adventure I had, that when I introduce into that conversation my gratitude to the Lord for His providence and His provision, that people find it difficult to, to respond to that because I'm grateful to, for the Lord for the experience I went through. Uh, the lost suitcase that, by the way, is still wandering somewhere in Paris at the, LA, at the uh, airport in Paris. Um, you know, God is good all the time. He's good all the time. And uh, there's a lot worse tragedies in life than uh, getting your pocket picked and losing your suitcase, right? A lot worse stuff. And God's always in control. It's part of His purpose and His plan, and, and I'm grateful for that. And I, I find as I have those kind of conversations with non-believers, they don't know how to handle it. But it's a great opportunity because if our lives are filled with praise and thanks to the Lord, it ought to permeate our lives and radiate not only here among each other but in a world that needs to know our our Lord and Savior. And so I think about the importance of David's declaration, great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, His greatness is unsearchable. You will never, I will never in a lifetime fully fathom the greatness of our God as we praise and, and thank Him together. And so there's, there's four kind of ideas, that principles, if you will, that flow out of this for me as I've meditated on this psalm and thought about it. Um, the first is the, <clears throat> the priority of verbalizing praise. 
to make that a priority in my life, to verbalize my praise and my thanks to the Lord, whether that's here publicly, uh, whether that's with non-believers. Uh, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed to talk about the Lord, to express praise and thanks for Him to an unbelieving audience. It ought to radiate from my life. It ought to radiate um, from your life. Uh, the second thing that spoke to me in this psalm is not only verbalizing my praise, but uh, shouting praise, being exuberant. Uh, I like that phrase, clamorously foolish. I don't think we get very foolish in our praise around this place, do you? <laughs> clamorously foolish, to shout our joy, to shout our praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> the third thought that spoke to me here was the priority and the, the need in my life to meditate regularly on, on praise of Him, to, to consider His Word, consider what He's done, to stop and, and, and pay attention to what God is doing, not take for granted uh, what God is up to in my life. And then the fourth thought that has always struck me in this psalm, because of that one word where David says, I'll tell of your mighty acts. And I told you that word tell means to keep score, to keep a tally. There's a value to writing notes to yourself and keeping track of what God is up to in your life. Um, I don't know if any of you are in the habit of journaling. I have friends that journal every day, kind of a summary of their day. Um, I've tried to do that off and on in spurts in my life. I haven't found it something I was able to consistently do. But I remember years ago, <clears throat> we went through a really lean, difficult season in our lives, in our marriage, in our family. And I did not know at the time that Andrea was making note and keeping track of what the Lord was doing and how He was providing. And there came a point in time, two or three years later, where again we were going into a time that was lean and difficult and uh, money was short. And my wife pulled out several sheets of paper where she had been keeping score, if you will, of what God had been doing. And there were notes of people that had anonymously left groceries on the front porch. Notes of people who anonymously had put money through the mail slot into our house. And it's easy to forget what God has done. That's the value of kind of keeping track, making note. And David seems to include that thought in that, that word, um, to keep track, to keep score of what God is doing. 2022 has been a difficult year for many people for lots of reasons, lots of challenges, lots of struggles. But the bottom line is, as you look back on the year behind us, our attitude and our spirit should be what? Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. In spite of the challenges, in spite of the difficulties, praise the Lord. And uh, I found this little uh, clip of the, the David's going to put up here in a minute. Are you a pessimist, an optimist, or a psalmist? The, the pessimist says, my glass is half empty. The optimist says, my glass is half full. And the psalmist says, what? My cup runs over. And, and that's where I want to be this morning as I look back on 2022. Uh, Lord, you've been so good. You've been so good. Let me end with this. The words of an old, old hymn that was written back in the 
late 1600s, early 1700s. When all thy mercies, oh my God. Great name for a hymn, huh? And Joseph Addison, who wrote this hymn, wrote these words. When all thy mercies, oh my God, my rising soul surveys, transported with the view, I'm lost in wonder, love, and praise. Through all eternity to thee a joyful song I'll raise. But oh, eternity's too short to utter all my praise. Lord, that certainly is truth that rings true in my heart, rings true in my mind. Eternity is too short to sing your praise. And so, Lord, we're grateful this morning. We're grateful as we look back on the year behind us, as we look forward to the year ahead. Remind us of the high, high value of praise. As the songwriter has said, it's amazing what praising can do. Make us men and women of gratitude and praise. Might our lives be permeated with gratitude and praise. And might we radiate to others thankfulness and praise. We're grateful for your words that you, you have spoken and not stuttered. You've spoken clearly. We're grateful for your words. We're grateful for your works, for all that you've done for all that you do. And we're grateful that you are a God who is worthy, worthy to receive all honor, all glory, all dominion, all power. And so, Lord, we join our hearts together this morning in saying together, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord, we're grateful for who you are, for all that you do. And we give you thanks together in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.